and welcome to .exe, a saving content podcast. My name is Eric Pasta, hosting this episode 17. My co-host and chip to my Dale for this evening is Saving Content's own, Ed Acosta. Insert sound of chip and or Dale here. <laughs> Insert sound, which one? <laughs> Whichever one I decide to edit in later. <laughs> But no, I mean like like the uh, old school Chippendale or like yes, because I'm new- not going to be able to do like a Andy Samberg or uh, <laughs> oh, who I I'm drawing up like on the name of the other gentleman. <laughs> oh, muffins! I can't. Oh, dang it! Des was talking about him. We were watching watching it, and she was like, "Oh, that's so and so." I'm like, "Yeah," I don't remember who it was. <laughs> well, the only reason I know. Um, uh, the name of Andy is because they do it's Lonely Island guys, mm-hmm. you know, and they pretty much directed and starred and wrote the Chip and Dale movie. John Mulaney, John Mulaney, yes, that's it. I had to, I had to IMDb it. <laughs> Such a that good movie, Chip. <laughs> it was so we might as well go into that. Sure, it was a. I, uh, I'm going to be 100% honest. I was not for it. I was like, this is, looks dumb. I, don't I had get reservations. The, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't get the multiple animation thing. Uh, why is one chip? Why? And why is one freaky chipmunk? <laughs> Dale. And it, I was just like, I'm not, I was not excited for it. I, and, what threw me off and I was going to give it the, you know, benefit of the doubt was the voices, you know, they went with people voices and not chipmunk voices. And I was like, am, am I really going to like that? You know? So and I was wondering, I, and I was given, yeah. like the, the benefit of that, it's like, okay, well maybe in world it's like, that's their acting voices. And then these are their real voices and maybe I'm okay with that. And, and that's exactly what I thought too. I was like, they're probably going to make it, you know, acting and, you know, they're putting on a voice, like a, like a, like an accent. Yeah. Right. And, you know, after watching it, yeah, I I was a okay with it. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, honestly, like I said, I, I was how I do with all movies. I give it 15, you know, well, it, depending on the length of movie or, or uh, show, you know, if it's a two hour movie, I'm going to give it 30 minutes. If you don't catch me in 30 minutes, yeah, too bad. Yeah. So sad. And um, it's, it's a, a strong 30 minutes to begin with. It is. It, it, I can honestly say in within the first 10 minutes, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I am. I'm liking it. Now here's the reason though. Right. Uh-huh. Oh, I think it hits every possible nostalgia factor as tastefully as you can. I, it does that very well. Right. Better than any of the other, like, um, shoot. Um, what would you call that? Nostalgia baiting? <laughs> Like your, <laughs> uh, your Ready Player Ones. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Well, because a lot of those are not... Wreck-It Ralph nost- 2. <laughs> yeah. So those are nostalgia, but they're like nostalgia in like Easter egg nostalgia, right? Like they kind of in passing mention, um, but they didn't like fully get all of the information or get the licensings or whatever to do what they, you know, to really get a full representation of it. Whereas right. in here... I don't know how they did it, but man, they got a bunch of like, I'm just like, wait, 
How so, did, how did you how did that get approved? So I was watching some um you know like uh what would you call it YouTube commentary yeah. on some of this stuff and not like oh. professionals but people who are in the scene who oh, okay. I would trust to know some of this information uh basically were saying that they didn't get permission from any of these uh companies but that they just went the old school route of just like the bootlegs in the movie, <laughs> make them different enough that they are considered parody. Really? Yes. So like the big cameo that I'm not going to mention here, just, you know, don't want to spoil anything. Uh, if you put them side by side. They're not exact. They are not exact. And it's different enough that when you saw them together, you'd be like, oh, yeah, those are different. But. Right. In the movie by itself, and giving you the name of the character, you just instantly associate, and it's like, whoa. <laughs> well, I'm gonna ha- that one. I understand because it it did look, but there are some others. That are like, those are some spot of them, on. I don't. Those know Those are about identical, that. exactly. I'm like, ah, I don't know about that one. Some two of them at least that happen to be in the same area are spot on, mm-hmm. and I'm like. Mm. Well, then again, some of those are probably easier to get than others and be like, hey, we would like to include, you know, Blaster from the Transformers in this movie for like two seconds. Are you okay with that? Eh, right. sure. And that's Hasbro, so. I guess, has- is Hasbro still? Yes, um, Hasbro. They do, okay. Um, well. Because I don't know, do they still yeah, own the I guess cartoon technically, rights? yes, because it's Takara Tomy, and I, Hasbro has the U.S., distribution so what i guess i guess if if it's an american-made toy it's hasbro and then they import it to japan with takara tomi and then vice versa okay that's my Mm. guess on how that works yeah because that's a whole thing that you know it (laughs) i didn't know it until i was older obviously when i cared about things like that but i never really (laughs) paid all that much attention that you know the cartoon was made off of the toys Right? Yeah. Okay, yes. Well, so, more or less. Like, I can go into some Transformers stuff if you want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, because like, from what I remember, and again, from my minimal there, knowledge of it, it was like, the toy, their cartoon was made to sell the toys. Yes. So, there is a really good, um, and I'm sure people have seen it by now, or at least heard of it, as the, um, uh, the toy documentary on Netflix. Um, yes, yes. Um, oh, dang, what's the name of the thing now? Yeah, ah, the toys that made us. That's what it is. Toys that made us. That they have a really good, good and in-depth uh, Transformers one, and yeah, it's basically that. So they Hasbro wanted to bring over the toys into the U.S. market, and they brought over a combination of. The Diaclone and the, uh, it's the other one. It's, it's, so there's two lines, robots that turn into everyday objects, Diaclone, and robots that turn into vehicles, uh, mm. which I am just drawing a na- blank on the name of the, that toy line. Um, so like Megatron, Diaclone, Optimus, the other one. So they brought them into the U.S. market, and they they had um, a gentleman on staff to kind of put some names together and everything. 
And then they hired or got some guys from Marvel to come in and start, you know, fleshing out these characters Mm -hmm. and to sell the toys. They got in touch with, was it uh, Deke? DIC, I think is, or is it Marvel Productions? I I think it's Marvel Productions. Yeah, because Deke was for um, Turtles and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what it is. It's Marvel Productions because again, they they got some Marvel guys to come on and do some of the um, uh, the backstory stuff. That that if you watch the episode, that's actually pretty funny how that occurred. But (laughs) they wanted to be able to sell these toys, so they basically made thirty minute toy ads of the of the characters, you know, and to try to huff the toys out to kids, and it worked. <laughs> yep it's i mean it's a strategy that work has worked well had worked for a while i guess it still kind of works yeah i mean well not so much anymore because of so in the 80s there was no regulation on it and then late 80s early 90s they brought in uh the government reg- regulated what could be what is considered children's television and like basically they killed off the ability to, to to have shows that were basically toy ads they had to have some right. sort of educational content to them so a lot of that stuff that was like you know he-man and transformers my little pony gi joe they had cartoons that were basically ads to sell you the toys uh now it's not so much. Now it's you have the show and then you have the toys to accompany the show. Right. Because you kind of have to design the show first and foremost to be able to pass, you know, standards and practices. Yeah. But that was our <laughs> toy talk. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out the name of the other. The other um, line. Yeah. <laughs> Microchange. Okay, maybe I have that backwards then. Okay, microchange is the everyday objects, and diaclone is the cars. Yeah, I was like, that doesn't microchange made more sense to me. Okay, everyday yeah, because yeah, uh, Soundwave and Megatron, um, right, or micro uh, microchange perceptor. You know, yeah. those guys are microchange because it's household objects, big objects turning into little things. Right, which I was, I thought was fun. yeah if you have netflix you should you should just go watch the toys that made us a really good series on all these different toys that you grew up with if you're around our age and right uh i there were many nights i just put that on as background to fall asleep to it's good (laughs) (laughs) so other than chip and dale um, yeah. that we both watched. Well, we didn't watch at the same time, but we did with ended up watching. Oh, and by no, the way, I kind of, I cr- mm-hmm. I kind of wish I would have held off and waited until uh, I came up to see you guys, and then we all watched oh. together because that would have <laughs> been fun. Yeah, Keegan, Genevieve, and Maris—they all, they all seemed um, engrossed in it. Now, Keegan missed the first part of it because he was doing um, uh, so, stuff. Uh, Something how he was doing it. I think he was out of <laughs> school or I don't know. But um, uh, he came up and watched the rest of it, and he actually wanted to. He 
watch the beginning part after the movie was over so we knew you know about the beginning he actually he did See, that's cool it. yeah so they, uh, i wasn't Maris sure if they were gonna you know uh, attach to it because you know it's just a bunch of old characters exactly that's the same thing i thought i was like uh yeah i felt initially i felt it was just gonna be a romp through nostalgia lane you know it's like, <laughs> oh look at that oh look at that but i think they did it in a way that was still storyline effective it was by no means was it like you know uh highbrow or like you know like they're not they weren't changing anything right they weren't making they weren't creating a new a new world or or you know right flipping anything on its head it was very much a chippendale movie or a chippendale episode just in a movie or rescue rangers i'm sorry rescue rangers um episode in a movie yeah and they 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 joke make fun of that so hey <laughs> so they knew what they were making yeah and um, the lonely island for their their movies uh it's kind of hit or miss for me whether or uh-huh. not I like them, I you know when they make music, the parody music, I I enjoy it. It's fun stuff. You know, it's usually pretty funny. Uh, their skits right. on SNL are usually pretty funny. Uh, so I was kind of like, are are they going to take this source material and is it going to work? <laughs> like, are they going to is it going to fit their sensibilities and their humor? <laughs> and yeah, it did. It does. It it does. Uh, it does. It it really did, which surprised me. Um. Very much so. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it <clears throat> it works. And it's got the charm that the original Alvin the Chipmunks had. The like, you know, cute, you know, nostalgia charm. Um, but they also, it was almost like they wrote, wrote it as a story on its own and then go, right. okay, now add in Chippendale. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Because it, it is very much in the vein of like, uh, not only in the the cameo department, but like kind of in the story department too, of like who framed Roger Rabbit. Yes, yeah, and that was actually what you had mentioned um, when you were talking about like trying to describe it without spoiling it or whatever. You were like, yeah. it's kind of like who framed Robert, Roger Rabbit, and I didn't. To be honest, I wasn't a huge fan of who framed <laughs> Roger Rabbit. Well, you but, also got to remember, you know, when that movie came out, we were both very young, right? So a lot of those references over my head. Yeah. So, games. What have you Game. been gaming? <laughs> what do you play? This whole month for me has just been really busy uh, with work and, you know, getting, just getting stuff done. <laughs> so, <laughs> it has, I haven't been doing much in the way of gaming. Uh, so, I, I have picked back up Animal Crossing uh, just to see if i can get myself back into it and see if that hook will get me and i'll start playing it some more again <laughs> uh what did i do with it i i opened it up everybody was telling me oh it's been like six months since we've seen you <laughs> oh i can't believe it's been so long it almost feels like it it's like yeah i get it i get it i'm sorry lucky i didn't mean to leave you <laughs> <laughs> but the thing I was uh, doing the other night was going because I I had planted uh, all the flowers to try to get all the um, oh the hybrid permutations in the hybrids. Yeah. So for the most part, I've got them all. There are a few that I think I'm missing. Uh, but 
you know, after four to six months, they've all been overrun with just random colors. <laughs> right. So it's just, I was going through, digging up the ones, putting the pattern back together the way I had it, you know, little three oh, by right. three blocks of each color. <laughs> yep. Which, uh, it's funny. So me and Des do not in real life have green thumbs. We are, just, you put a plant in our house and it dies. <laughs> I, we water it, you know, we don't, we try not to overwater it. it I don't know what it is. We, we apparently can't keep plants alive. Um, <laughs> well, you're not the only one. I know a lot of people who are the same way. Like, okay, <laughs> you put a plant in their possession and it's dead the next day. Right. But that apparently happened the same way in Animal Crossing. How do you kill? The well, it didn't. It didn't kill it, but like the hybriding, hybriding, yeah. hybriding, hybrid breeding, whatever. Yeah, the hybrid breeding didn't work the way. Didn't it? It almost it like almost never so bred the way in, that it was supposed to. In your defense, I think uh, if you were going by older methods, New Horizon is used in a slightly different uh, method for breeding flowers. Oh, really? So maybe that's like, why in the past uh, you could do like, uh, what was it? A V shape or like, like, a you know, a C shape or something where it's like uh, one and then down one over one plant another one there down one, go back in the same direction and plant it there. So it's like a C, let's say, uh, or you could just do like one diagonal from each other. And that's enough to be able to pollinate and such. So there's, you can still do that, but there are also like other factors that are going into it. And, uh, now genetics play a thing into it. So like they can pass down their genetics to their, you know, future line. It's just a whole thing. (laughs) So they made it a little more in depth than they have in the past. So, if you were having trouble with it before, I could see why. That might be it. (laughs) There are guides upon guides out there now, like in-depth YouTube tutorials on how to even just start breeding. Mm. Yeah, we gave gave them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) honestly, it is is mostly about uh, the collection aspect for me. Uh, I haven't, I think I have all, but maybe like a couple fossils. I know I need more bugs. I know I need more fish. Uh, I've barely gotten any deep sea fish and now they've got the gyroids in the paintings. So (laughs) there's a lot of stuff to collect and that will come up later on in the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, but just real quick for, to final go finish up what I've been doing is I started up uh, Salt and Sacrifice. I'll be doing a review on that game here for the site. And if you're not familiar with the series, it's by Ska Studios, the same people who brought you like the dishwasher um, back on the 360 (laughs) and some other stuff in between. The previous game to this was Salt and Sanctuary. These games are Dark Souls in 2D. Uh, but it has the ska art style, which is very, oh, I don't know how you best describe it. It's like gloomy. Um, the art is very 
uh, gothic, I guess you could say. Um, oh, what's the name of that? There's a character online, Salad Fingers. Does that sound familiar? No. <laughs> I want to say, I got to Google this real quick. I'm sorry, folks. This is going to bug me if I don't. Salad Fingers. Yes, this guy. Okay, Salad Fingers. So I don't, I've never watched any of the videos, but this art <laughs> style reminds me a whole lot of Ska Studios style when it comes to the Salt series. Just in black and white, not green. Um, and it is the best way to put it, you know, it is souls. So <laughs> you go around, kill enemies, earn salt. And if you die, you lose it and it sits there until you come back to collect it. If you don't collect it and you die, you lose it. I mean, oh, that's the basic. Okay, yeah, gist. that's basically this. Yeah, that's the Souls game. Uh, you know, you can rest at um in here. There's stones like uh prayer stone type things. I I'm <laughs> again don't remember what they're called, but it'll do the same thing. You can use them to rest, heal, and refill like your uh your potion flasks. But it resets all the enemies. So if you want, that's the best way to farm in a Souls game is find a place where you can get a lot of good soul or salt in this case. Mm -hmm. Kill them all. Go back to the stone. Refresh them. Go back out. Kill them all again. And just keep rinsing and repeating until you have enough to be able to afford the things you want to buy or upgrade. Right. Uh, The only ones that don't come back, and I believe it's the same thing in... Uh, salt and sacrifice are the bosses so any of the boss characters which you know just like a souls game they're hard but they're not like difficult they are very pattern oriented so if you die at least for me if i die i felt it was my fault because i rushed things oh right because you were trying to get it done because you you knew the pattern, but you didn't yeah. actually. Yeah. So instead of doing, it's like, oh, I know he's going to do, a, he's going to swing down and then do an uppercut. So this is my chance to do a two hit. Well, I did a three hit thinking I'll maybe sneak one in. Nope. Not quick enough. And then, you know, I get hit. <laughs> so it's my fault. Even though I know better, I tried to make it a little bit, a little bit quicker. Right. So it, it's just one of those where it's hard. But it's not hard in the sense of, uh, you know, making you feel like the game is cheating you. <laughs> and Scott Studios does a really good job with uh, with the Salt series. Um, so like the Salt and uh, the first one, Salt and Sanctuary, I enjoyed. Uh, I'm, I'm still not really big on the atmosphere. But the combat is good and just, you know, upgrading and the souls like stuff is is fun. I think I'm coming to a conclusion, though, that I might be nearing the end of my enjoyment of Souls games. (laughs) See, that's one of those honestly Souls games. I don't care who you are. You know, you either like them or you don't. There there really is no medium. Like. you so will I play still, them 
and you can enjoy them. But like it, you know, I've found that most people will, if they like it, that is the game that they play. Oh yeah. It, and that's where I'm coming from with this. It is a time sink. And I just don't have that time anymore. Back, no, back when I played, uh, Dark Souls, um, I had, I had the time to be able to put into it. Uh, now for a Souls like game, it's like, I just, I just don't. (laughs) So, you know, I still enjoy the combat. I still enjoy being able to do the co-op stuff where I just, you know, come in and help somebody out and then leave. I enjoy just the, maybe not so much the learning the story as you go, sort of like it's hidden in all the different things. I kind of, these days, I kind of just want the story told to me. (laughs) I don't want to have to go and do extra research. Right. I mean, everything around the game, I still enjoy. Right. And when you say extra research, you mean like, like, like destiny extra research, like outside of the game or reading the like cards or whatever. Um, no. Well, yes and no, no, in that you don't have to go outside the game. Everything's in the game, but a lot of the stuff in the game is very uh, eluded to. I so like you. if you read item descriptions or you read enemy descriptions, uh, world descriptions, whatever, it'll start putting a narrative together, but it's up to you as the player to interpret it, which is where you get people like Vadi Vidi or Vidi Vadi. Vadi. Vidi, body whatever uh who does all the souls uh youtube videos uh and basically kind of where my name is bife kind of got his uh inspiration from mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what he does is he goes in there he takes the lore that's presented to you and tries to piece it together and build a narrative that makes sense you know, using what evidence is in there. Some stuff he has to fill in the holes, but the other stuff is there in the game. Uh, and that stuff was, you know, when I was playing Dark Souls, it was always enjoyable to go in like, yeah, okay, well, that makes sense. And you learn a little bit more. So in that regard, sure, you can get that stuff outside the game, but it's not, it's not officially required. Mm-hmm. Unlike Destiny, where the grimoire cards are definitely outside the game. And that's, that's outside where the, the story game, is yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That's where the story lives. And see, like, The Witcher kind of does that. But it, they do it in a different way, because, like, the story is still there. You can get the full story. You're just getting bonus content on, like, the intent of characters or uh-huh. stuff like that. So, and that, that was the biggest thing with uh, Destiny. is like, it's not really... You get the story, yes, but a lot of like what what drives your character or drives the characters around you are in those grimoire cards or or in the the yeah. descriptions of the of the weapons or of the sparrows and stuff like that. And it's like I it one there's too too many, there's too much, and two because they come out like 
in pieces or in like little book series. Right. You don't get the full story because sometimes you'll get like a full book series story that is talking about something else that you haven't gotten yet. So you, it, it makes no sense to you. And then you get that card and you're like, oh, wait, wait, I remember something about. So then you have to go find it. Yeah, it's 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 too yeah. convoluted. Hence why I like watching My Name is Bi- I liked watching My Name is Bife when I was in Des- uh, playing Destiny because it's like it's just easier yeah, for he, someone else to do it. He did the research. He puts it together. <laughs> right. And he does very well. Just, yeah. I didn't feel like doing that. I don't, don't want to make take the time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like Salt and Sacrifice, uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Like I said, I'll have a review coming up on it. It's a, it's a good one of those. Cool. So, surprise, surprise. Mine's nothing amazing. I've been playing SnowRunner. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Trying to finish it up. Um, and actually, today, you probably heard a little, a little bit. I was before the podcast here. Right. I, uh, I was getting a little frustrated with it. Because <laughs> the last area is upsetting. Because, uh, like how I told you earlier last time, it is a narrow, everything's like narrow road. And, and it's out. It is just outside of the normal driving path, and you got to use a GP. It, what is it called? Geotag. Oh yeah, like the one I'm doing now is like geo seismic scanning or something to find oil. And like in this case, they're like, there's no like actual spot that it wants. Well, there's an actual spot it wants you to go, but you don't like. Usually, you can go to the mission click on it and it'll show you where to go here. It just gives you like, you know, hot or cold. So like, you know, you're point whatever miles away and you just got to drive and hopefully the number goes down. <laughs> if your right. number goes down, you're getting closer. It's like, that's annoying. I, that's. Mm-hmm. So, and I got to do that to be able to get to the build stage or whatever to build the garage in oh. Russia. So I have one garage for four uh, four cities or countries, counties, whatever. And one of them should have a garage, but I have to build it first. But I have to do all of those geological survey things first. And they're not like, like one of them was like in the middle of trees. <laughs> I'm like, That's, this is insane. I'm not going to say it's dumb, but I am going to say that sounds frustrating. It's dumb. I'm going to say it. It was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need for it to be there. Um, I, it felt like it was one of those like, hey, we're just going to we're going to do this. So it is more difficult. Sure. Um, just to be difficult. And like I said, the air, it, it, it's not just like small roads, but it's small roads and most of it is mud. So, yeah, that doesn't help. Uh, but yeah, I you'll think, just take, sit there forever. Yep. Especially if you don't have the right truck. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing is like with that modded truck that I have, it works, but I have to be very careful because the roads are small. So <laughs> that modded truck isn't necessarily helping me too much. Yeah. Um, but other than that, uh, I've actually been playing Horizon Forbidden West, and man, like I said, it, the game's. The game's fun. The story's good. <laughs> I like it. It, I mean, 
I think the reason like I a like big butts coming. No, there's not. Well, I mean, I guess does Aloy have a big butt? I guess no, not really. <laughs> no, I you know I don't even pay attention to that actually. Which, but good. <laughs> they're not. They're not. Um, they're not focusing that in your on face. That. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not Mass Effect. Yeah, exactly. It's not Miranda <laughs> or Spider Man or Batman. Which I noticed. I guess. Well, going into the next the topic that I was going to go into, but let me finish about Horizon. The thing about I think what I like so much about Forbidden West is that it goes back to like how the it, you can make it go back to like how the original Horizon Zero Dawn um map and stuff played, where everything was on the map, just just everything's there. Oh yeah, I like that. You know, I love that. I I love that they allow that because these the newer games are just like apparently um Elden Ring it's like nothing's on the map and it's just a parchment I'm like that does not that's not enticing that's yeah, not well, fun for me that's from software for you trying right. trying different things but um, to me that's just stress well, that's yeah, all no. that is I would prefer the Ubisoft method of just yes. throw all the icons on there and give me the option to, to turn what I want off. Yeah. Yeah. To like filter through them, be like, okay, I want these on or I want these off. I want these on or I want these off. Exactly. Uh, it's just, you know, accessibility. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, and I should, mm-hmm. I should also clarify when I've completed one of those, keep them off. <laughs> yes. That so that's one thing. Forza I, Horizon. I, I'm talking to you. So the uh, a better version of Horizon, <laughs> Horizon Forbidden West. What I love about the game, with that in that mind mindset, when you beat something like if you beat like uh, a ruins right, they uh-huh. have like old ruins. It's white or it's gray if you haven't found it yet, and it says unknown or unchecked or something like that ruin. Then when you go there, it turns white and it says ruins. When you've done everything you can do in there, it turns green and then has parentheses said completed. Oh, see, that's great. I'm like, yes, this is what this is what should happen with all the games. Totally opposite color. It says completed. The only way it would be better if it was just off the map. (laughs) Well, the only reason I... I'm okay with it still being on the map is because they're the saying it's completed. It's a different color. But if you wanted to go back there for something, which well, yeah, yeah, sometimes you do uh, to look at something or whatever, but, but then you another, can just do a filter or a setting. So like, that's okay. it. Yeah. yeah show so completed. Put, show completed. <laughs> yeah. Um, one, another thing I love about it is like, and it's been, it, there's been a few glitches so far playing the game where it's kind of thrown me off, but overall, if you go to an area, like if you go again to a ruin and you haven't completed everything there, one on the map, it still shows white. But two, Aloy will make like a statement of like, huh, I think there mu- this is pretty, or, you know, this is, a, this is a big place. There must be some more here. Or if you've completed it after a little while of staying in the area, they'll be like, I think I've checked everything out. Like, nice they give little a verbal cue to let verbal you know cue. that you're done. Yeah. I'm like that. That's great, especially how expansive some of those areas are. You think you don't? You're not sure if you've gotten every chest or everything in there. 
because it's not those some of those areas like underwater cavern stuff is not obvious that uh-huh. you can go into this little area or you can't go into this little area because it looks it's getting to the point where things are looking too real so it doesn't look like you know you have that like oh there's something be there's something in this corner obviously because of just how this is you know laid out you know this is the path and this is a little teeny offshoot you know you can tell there's something here or <laughs> hey it's a you know a waterfall there's something behind that waterfall like you know the the gaming tropes um, they don't do as much there's a little path that goes to the left from the main path you should probably go check that out first right they do that obviously but they don't do it a lot and again because the game is like the the surrounding area is looks so good it's hard to tell like what what is a uh, walled off area and what's a path ah uh-huh. um you can still kind of tell because you kind of get like the, the nuances of the of the game and how it's it plays. But it, right out of the gate, I was having problems like, oh, I can't. Oh, I can't go that way. OK, well, it looks like I can. Like it 100 percent looks like a path in the game, the game, the developers created. Like it looks so similar to the path. Um, But yeah, that or, you know, Horizon, I'm I'm super enjoying it. Kind of going back a few steps on the Batman. The, so the Arkham, you know, made the, the joke about like, you know, the, uh, the butt, the big butts. Right. Um, we, me and dads have been watching, um, uh, Jeremy Dooley, uh, play the Batman series. So he started with, um, Arkham, uh, Asylum, then Arkham city. And now we're watching him do Arkham origins. And then he finishes up with, um, Arkham Knight. Uh, but we're on our, the origins one. And not origins was interesting being that it wasn't designed by Rocksteady. Correct. It was not designed by Rocksteady. It was designed by the people who were making WB, uh, Gotham Knights. <laughs> well, it's a WB Montreal. studio. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's Warner Brothers studio. Right. Uh, it is. Gaming studio. It is the guys. Like I said, it's the guys who are doing Gotham Knights right now. Right. Uh, but they, I believe they also did the, uh, the PSP or, Vita, PSP, one of those. Two. I think they did the Vita porter port of um, Blacklist or yeah. Black Site or Blackgate. I forget what it was called. Blackgate, Blackgate. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but see, I remember something about that where it was like Rocksteady made the first two games, and then because it was the Warner Brothers was like, "Hey, this is our, you know, this is our prop IP. You have to give us the engine that you used." So they used the same engine and like fighting um, it, layout. Yeah, Rocksteady didn't want to. It, yeah, something they like that. are fully in the department of this is their baby. This so is our tech. When they went yeah. to go make uh, uh, Night, uh, Night, uh, they completely ignored uh, Origins. Yeah, yeah. They they're like, nope, that's not canon in this world, even though it is canon. By WB so, standards. So, and then that brings up the next question of like, is Gotham Knight in that, uh, <laughs> you know, in that universe? Uh, WB would like to say, yes, yes, it is. And I'm sure uh, WB Montreal is like, yeah, it's connected to those Rocksteady games. But if you ask Rocksteady, they'd say, oh, our trilogy's done. The, yeah, but see, the here, Suicide he, Squad. 
our right. game. That's in the same universe. But here's the biggest thing, though. The Rocksteady developed the game, made the game, developed and created the game, right? But overall, who owns the IP? Not Rocksteady. Right. No. So, so yes, WB the has the determination on who, what is canon. Yes, kind of. <laughs> well, legally, I mean, yeah. I, mean, I, I yes, yeah. I know you're you're trying to reach into like, well, legally they own it, so legally, but that's that's not where I'm going with it. Like, yes, WB can say that all those games are canon, but it is up to the story writers at those two studios how they implement it, and if yeah. Rocksteady says that those games are not attached because, you know, their story writers are the ones who wrote it, uh, then they won't be attached, especially if the next game they're making is in that universe. Right. But, um, yeah, so we were watching watching those, those series and um, going back to, like, Arkham Asylum and, uh, and City, it's, I'm watching it with Ez and I'm like, man, these games are super sexualized. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you got but Poison like, Ivy and Harley, and well, and that's, that's exactly what you said. She's like, yeah. I mean, look at like, look at like Harley Quinn. Like, look at the, and I'm like, yeah, look at Batman. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, look at, he's like overly jacked, and well, so is um Commissioner Gordon in the first one, overly jacked. So <laughs> like everything is hypersexualized. If if I remember. I think those games run on Unreal. Mm, that sounds correct. And Unreal, especially back then, the characters, it, go look at a bunch of Unreal games and the characters yeah, are yeah, roughly the about are, the same. They all look yep. like they belong in Gears of War. Yeah. Well, the, the, like Batman reminded me of like when I first, when we were going back to Asylum, I was like, oh, he just looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like yeah. a, 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 you know, world's strongest—not world's strongest man. What is it? The um, the world something competition where it's not the strongest man, but like the muscle men, like that's what they look like. <laughs> like, okay, this is so over overly sexual. Yeah, well, so like Batman, <laughs> I could kind of get behind because that's supposed to be like you know the the male fantasy power, like muscular superhero guy. Commissioner Gordon was weird. Yeah, like, well, no, not just he's Commissioner supposed Gordon, to be a like, scrawny little dude. All of them, all of them are jacked and it, like Joker's the police officers jacked. aren't amazing, amazingly jacked. Well, I mean, yeah, that's I was going to say. Joker and Scarecrow are the only two that were not like, <laughs> you know, jacked. <laughs> but like you know, uh, Cash, the the um, police officer that gets his hand bit off by Killer Croc, uh-huh. he's buff more you know a buffer than he should well like again all you know just all the regular people are this these big burly guys yeah it's well, just yeah, and you've i got think that's like just the way the unreal engine way. and the characters models you know, are. are you know modeled yeah yeah well this is it's just i found it unique to look at it's like oh wow okay yeah it's just hyper sexualized <laughs> and didn't tone down with city no um and oddly and it didn't really tone down with uh so far with uh origins 
actually, I think in Origins, like Batman's, like his upper body got toned down, but his thighs are like thunder thighs, <laughs> like they're huge. <laughs> and then he's got the, you know, the, the, the very specific like bat butt cheeks. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> like, like spheres. Uh, when you get into night, uh, it, Night's it doesn't different. get any night better. Is... I mean, you got Catwoman, so. Right, we'll see, but <laughs> Night is, Arkham Knight is, I remember playing it, and, and I've watched a few, it, it is different in the fact they do tend to bring some of that back. I mean, it's not completely gone by any means. It is DC at the end of the day, let's be real. DC is very much about, like, most of their female characters using sexuality as their thing. Well, I mean, that's comic books, too. (laughs) It's comic books, but you see it more in DC. But that's also because the flip side of that with the males, they're very much like emotional trauma and they're really not good people. (laughs) Well, you know, they Marvel has a way of doing their heroes. DC has a way of doing their heroes. Yeah. Yeah. They're different, but they both (laughs) they have both have common threads. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Because I mean, they're superheroes in general, right. so they're going to have a, a base. You have to you have to empathize with them. At well, minimum. no. I'm, I guess I mean they have common threads in their design. So, like, yes, they could be. They do it this way, or you know, their story lines up this way or that way. But they're both going to be over sexualized. They're both going to be the male power fantasy. They're both going to yeah. be this or that. Now, you the know. one thing I did notice. Uh, I've noticed a little bit in in the even comics, the older comics was DC. It it was very much like jacked, ripped, like big character, right? But when you went to Marvel, like you know, you put Spider Man, he's ripped, but he's like that lanky ripped. Well, I guess the other thing you got to remember here with, with that is uh, a lot of DC characters are what's the what's the best way? I guess a lot of DC characters are like. God complex type. Of oh, thing. that's true. That's that's a good point. You know, yeah, they got grander match. than grand. Yeah, like Whereas, they are superhero. Like yeah. super is very specific. Yeah. Whereas your Marvel characters, there are God characters, but a lot of them are, you know, your your everyman who just happened to fall into uh, right. some sort of super power. Yeah, <laughs> to relate to the the normal right. civilian where dc is trying to have this you know superman version one two three four and five lady superman version one two you know right you got right. marvel over here with well here is regular little dude who's now a superhero one two three four and five <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean basically i mean they did what the squirrel girl they did all of the meat like almost all the mutants jubilee and well, um, and again, you know, that's like that's that, Marvel's yeah. way of that's trying Marvel's to tie it of... in to be relatable uh, to the reader. Like, right. well, that could be me. That could be, you know, any of my friends. Right. Right. All right. So, you know, I, I've, I found that the Arkham series, it was a fun series. And I watching, I remember just how much I remember the times playing those games. Uh, the combat like that was the that was the most fun part of that oh, yeah. game the, the, bat- combat. The, the batman arkham combat is great and it's no wonder why a lot of other games have used they're using it used yeah. it yep 
I mean, that's technically, why... the new Spider-Man game. I was going to say that's why I like point, but the newest yeah. Spider-Man game. That's why I liked playing it so much because um, the yeah, combat it, was fun. It uses a variation of that. Yeah, it's it's and honest, oddly enough, and not oddly enough, like obviously, it uses a variation of it, so it's fun, but it's still not as fun as the Batman. <laughs> I don't know. They, I think. I think I prefer the Spider-Man over the Batman one. But again, you know, it's the same sort of deal. It's heavy, uh, it's light attacks, heavy attacks, and a dodge maneuver. Yeah. You know, Batman's got his dodge sense or whatever it's called. And, you know, Spider-Man obviously has spider sense. You hit it at the right time, you can do a reversal. Right. And I think my issue with the Spider-Man one is I don't know, just the, the reliance on sometimes on having to do web stuff. Like I don't mind the web, obviously because of Spider-Man, I like Spider-Man. I like the web shooting and it, that's obviously a big thing, but sometimes right. I like, I, I want more punching. <laughs> like I want more physical interaction. I don't want to have to try and close a gap all the time. Well, I mean, you could play without, you know, doing webbing if you wanted to. The the option is there for you to do so. Yeah, but it, it tends to it tends to make it a little harder for like because the AI wants to use a gun and typically they're going yeah. to be farther away. And farther away into the point where you have to either web them, web to them, or jump to them. Um and then when you jump to them you don't like make that big of a leap. Like that's the one thing that with the Batman game that seemed a little odd was like, you know, you could hit someone and then see someone coming up and then you hit your, your counter and he'll slide. He'll, it would like slide the character and do like an animation. So it like hid Mm. that the character is being slid across the screen a little bit. And it was like, okay, that kind of took me out and takes you out of it. Cause it's like, okay, well he's, you know, he's still at the end of the day, supposedly human. Right. So like, yeah. yeah, a person can't jump twenty feet from like a kneeling position. Spider Man certainly can. Yes, <laughs> but they don't really use that. I mean, they kind of do, but not in like you can't like you couldn't like dodge an attack or try to do like a takedown attack from across the screen that you could do in like the Batman game. But of of the character characters that could do that spider-man would be the one that would be able to do that yeah and i i think that might be a limitation of the game itself for like oh yeah yeah batman is like you know technically he's got a grappling hook so he could do spidey type stuff that's true you know what is what is batman's maneuver to stop somebody from shooting you he does his little cape thingy right yep so i mean he will slide across the floor, glide like he's moonwalking, and do a little cape thingy. Bet's so, I mean, it's, I, again, I think it's just a technical limitation of the game itself. Uh, and to sacrifice some believability for fun. Usability, yeah, fun, yeah. Um, but one thing... Uh, one big thing about the Arkham series that I, I completely forgot about. I knew, I remembered the Riddler stuff, right? <laughs> I completely forgot just how much, how many like Riddler collectibles there are in that game. 
especially City. Like I remember City being one of those games where it's like there's just I I didn't like it as much because there was too much stuff that intermingled. Oh, and City's the Riddler, a lot. Night, yeah, the Riddler stuff was too much. Night is more. You know what? I think I don't know. Maybe I felt I felt that Night wasn't as bad as City was. Well, I wonder if maybe uh, they, City was just more open. Like they didn't really connect as well, like thread wise as maybe, Knight did. But I mean, there there are physically more Riddler stuff in Night. Really? So like, if you yeah, were to go look at a guide, you'd find that there are way more Riddler trophies to find uh, in Night. Plus, you also got the Riddler trophies for the Batmobile sections, too. Oh, right. I did not do that. Actually, I don't think I did any of the Riddler trophies. Well, I probably got some, but I don't remember doing a lot of Riddler, st- Riddler stuff with uh, the Batmobile. Yeah, the, so- the, the Riddler trophies are where I usually, cr- you know, just, I don't cross that line anymore. Uh, <laughs> I like collectibles. I don't like doing it in the Batman games. <laughs> because it's it's too much. Like in, in City, watching Jeremy stream, he's talking about, oh, I need, or was it City? Yeah. He's like, I need 400 Riddler collectibles, not just the trophies, but just the Riddler stuff to be able to, to beat him. And that was like the minimum. 400 was the minimum. Right? Right. There is more than 400. That's too much, which kind of it's brings us into our topic for today, right? This is true. Do we still need collectibles in games? I will answer you really quick. Yes. For me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm the same thing. Yes, collectibles, I think, are a, a big thing, a, a big trope that is still valid in video games. I certainly do think they're needed. However, I do think that we have gone, or not we, but the game development has gone a little above and beyond of what's necessary or required. Uh, Because, you know, when things like the Arkham series, you have 400 plus trophies. If you want to 100% the game, you're, you're putting it, you're investing a lot of time into finding this stuff. Which then goes to the point of the developer saying, hey, we've got, you know, a story that's 20 hours, but, you know, gameplay of 600, not that much, but, you know, 200 hours, whatever. But you're, it feels like you're just, you're padding it out with collectible stuff, which is that really a game? Well, again, you know, the collectible stuff is not, technically part of the main story it is side stuff it is quite literally there to pad out the game it is just extra content for you to find but like some of the riddler things it was like watching it was like okay this you know this uh puzzle is essentially the same as another puzzle to get Uh another trophy just a slight variation of it it's like it felt like okay you've kind of run out of ideas uh, and you're just kind of you're reusing the idea but with a slight variation did you need to do that it, 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 it felt wasted it felt like a waste of someone's time to, to program it and it felt like a waste of 
Jeremy's time to do it just to get a hundred percent. Well, and that is on the developer for trying to make the, you know, collectibles tied to puzzles. Yeah. You know, I prefer the collectibles that are just, you know, traversal puzzles. If anything, you just got to get to it. You know, see, honestly, the, the way I would enjoy, I enjoy my collection uh, habits is show me on the map where everything is. Uh-huh. Yep. Don't make me reveal it. Don't make me go and try to find something to open it up. Just show it to me on the map and I'll go and do it. I'll clean it off like a checklist. Yep. That'll that'll make my soul feel good. See, I don't mind the Assassin's Creed tower thing or the sync points. Um, as long as you get to the sync point and it opens up that section of the map and it oh, shows yeah. everything, not yeah. just like, not, not just like the, uh, uh, activities or it shows some of like, I, there are some like in SnowRunner, you go to a tower, right. And you open up that section of the map or a little, like you open up a, um, circle 360 radius, but you go to the next tower and it doesn't overlap those circles so yep. there are areas that are still dark that you can't that, that you didn't open up you have to physically go there and sometimes there are hidden upgrades in there and i'm like i don't like that <laughs> that is one of the things that pains me the most when it comes to open world games and like you know the uh the tower aspect for like assassin's creed games if you have an open world game and you have these watchtower points if I go to the tower to unlock the area, I want to be able to see everything in yep. the area. All icons, all objectives, all secret items. I have worked to get there. I have found it. Right. Show it to me on the map and I'll go get it. I don't want to end up going up there, opening up the area, and then finding out, oh, there's like 10 hidden items in here that you have to go and find yourself. Yeah, see, that's not fun. That's not fun. Because now <laughs> i got to go find a map outside of the game and try to locate all these things. That's the next thing is like there's like these the collectibles. Like when you get to the point where there's too many or there's hidden ones, it's like, okay, the purpose of that was what? For immersion? Because it's not immersive because one, it's a hidden item that if I didn't know... I wouldn't be able to collect it. So you have to then tell me that there are hidden items. But by telling me there's hidden items, you either, sh you know, tell me, hey, there's hidden items, or you give me a list, or not a list, a um, one of X amount. Well, that's, you're breaking that immersion because yeah. as the character, you wouldn't know that. Right. Now and then, you're telling me that there's 50 of this item. How right. would my character know? And then, I guess you're breaking immersion now. Right. And it's okay to do it that way. Right. But not okay to show them all on the map. Right. <laughs> and then, like you were saying, the other thing is, all right, now there's hidden ones. Um, what I've ended up doing with a lot of stuff is I don't collect stuff until the very end. Oh, see. Until I've, I've opened up the map. Not like when I say very end, I mean like I've, I've opened up the map, right? So I can go to all areas. Then I, I just go to a, a collectible walkthrough and I go, one, two, three, because they don't label them. Yeah. The, the game companies don't label this kind of stuff. And so the, like, the hard part it, for that is if you follow a guide and let's say you've already found a few, uh -huh. now you've 
unless the map tells you on the map, oh, you found this particular one, you've got to go and be like, okay, uh, put an X through this one. I think I found that one already. Uh-huh. And, you know, so it just makes a lot of extra work because somebody somewhere in the, in the design team was like, we should make it immersive. Uh-huh. But by doing that, again, you've made it less immersive because now I'm going outside into the meta. Yeah, I'm going right. outside the game to find somebody else's work to be able to find the things that I want to find to complete your game. Right. And it's not natural because a lot of, you know, you can get a lot of the collectibles in games like that on main stories or side stories. But then there are some of them is like, go to the highest peak. Okay. Some people will probably do that. I'm not one that would do that. See, I'm also <laughs> not a trophy or achievement person. So like, do, you know, go to the highest peak, the highest point in the game. I wouldn't think of that because I'm not traversing. I'm not traversing that. Uh, I'm not playing the game to do that traversal. Right. Right. Um, or like, you know, here's this little area, here's this area that, you know, you'd have to break open that you have no reason to be over here in any way. But this is where another one is. It's like, is, are we not past this yet? <laughs> it's, it's really what it is. Are we not past this? Like hiding it and and making it difficult enough so that you can't that you could possibly miss it. Like, is that just something a developer find fun? Be like, hey, I'm gonna put this the worst so no one ones that I find are the ones that are not only they're hidden, but you have to do certain um certain measures things. beforehand yeah. before it even appears. So like you have to go to like this town or hit this mm-hmm. wall. Or press these buttons in a certain order. And then when you go to this hidden location, it'll pop up. So not only maybe you ran by it a few times, but it's not there because you didn't do the proper. You didn't do the proper thing, right? Thing beforehand. I hate that. If that is all the game is, okay, there are some games that are like that. If that's the point of the game, then yeah. Like Myst, right? Myst was fun because... That's what the game was. Right. That it is was the a whole puzzle game. game. <laughs> right. But it was also not collectible. Right. It's not tertiary well, I mean, information. It's, it's yeah. Puzzle game first and foremost. So right. that's what so it that's, is. It's, that's what its intent was. But, you know, if you're an open world game, it's puzzle esque. But like there is there's that like end goal of the story is progressing because of it or a story is progressing because of it. Not just to get. A question mark trophy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and again, uh, I don't think, and you could probably find this same sentiment online. Uh, the Batman Arkham series games are just, they're, the collectibles are just bad. Yeah, they're not, uh, they aren't done well. Um, they're nifty puzzles. I, I do, I, I will say that, but is too, to me, there's too many collectibles. On the flip side, uh, the Spider-Man game, I thought, had a good amount of collectibles. In fact, it was to the point where I wanted to find more backpacks. Really? I actually hated the backpacks. I liked finding the backpacks. I, um, I think it was more of a, like, why would this be a place that, like, this is a backpack here. Okay, cool. Someone wouldn't have come by and grabbed that? 
like you're trying to immerse me in this game and then you're like, here's a backpack on the side of a wall that's easily reachable by kids. Well, like, if you start break, hidden. if you start breaking it down that way, then it makes no sense at all because his webbing disintegrates after what two hours, and exactly. some of those that's have been up thing. there for years. Years, right? So, I mean, you go that route, then it makes no sense at all. There's a little bit of disbelief, uh, suspension of disbelief with that. Uh, the the other thing there is, um, yeah, it makes no sense why it's you know sitting five feet above the sidewalk, but I've picked up the bag and now I get to hear him talk a little bit about the item inside. That's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like I said, the the bag one, I didn't I didn't mind the the Spider Man collectibles because there wasn't a lot of them. At the end of the day, there really wasn't that many, and they were shown more or less on or for some of them on on the map. Um, oh yeah, if you if you again did the right conditions or you know mm-hmm. swung by the right areas, then they just you know they show up on the map and you just go pick them up. Right. And again, but I like that. Just yeah. tell me where it's at. I'll go get it, and I'm good. <laughs> right. I'm okay with it. You know, being like here it is on the map, and if you have an elevation chart. Awesome. Show me an elevation. Oh, yeah. You don't have better. to like, you know, it doesn't have to blaringly show. It doesn't have to like this huge icon in world to tell me, okay, it's here, dummy. But, you know, yeah, on the map. So I'm not like running around. At least for, it's, I'm in the area. Right. Even That's better a, if it's, you give me the location, a mm-hmm. pinpoint, and then maybe a photo of the, where it would be. Then I can be like, okay. It's around here somewhere. Oh, the building looks the same. It's right there. I'm going to go there. And there it is. Kind of like uh, Red Dead, how they did like treasure stuff, the yeah. treasure maps. Uh, I was okay with that. And to a even degree, but one better, if you do that and you have an audio cue. Ah, uh, yes. Golden. <laughs> yeah, also Red Dead. They had an audio and I think they had the, um, the, the physical tactile, like it's sh- the controller shirt too. Yeah, see... Give me all the feels. <laughs> but see, GTA doesn't. <laughs> GTA's garbage with that. They just, here's a yellow dot and then a huge circle radius. It's somewhere here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or like, like um, in online when you have those tower uh, radio, radio tower thingies that. Oh, yeah. I will just drive by in a helicopter and, oh, it's It'll, locked onto something. Yeah. I'm like, what is that? Oh, oh, that's what that is. Okay, let me shoot it. Well, initially, you know, I go, oh, nope, and I'll hit X to stop lock on because it's usually trying to lock onto a car. Right, to a, a and player like, or something. Right, and I'm like, nope, I don't want that. <laughs> and then I go, oh, wait, no, that wasn't, oh, well, I'm past it now. <laughs> I'll deal with it later. But yeah, I, like, I, I prefer to have collectibles in my games. I want to, a lot of the times, I'm doing the collectibles first. Like I'm skipping story and getting everything that I can collectible wise first. It, that is what I did with Spider-Man. Uh, I, I went through the story parts where you basically had to go through the story, but yeah. anytime it opened up more icons, I went and collected every backpack and collected every item before I did any of the next story. Right. Just because so, that's what I was having fun doing is traversing. But like with uh, Assassin's Creed, uh, Valhalla, right? What I would do oh, same is, thing. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would 
get open up an area, right? And I would go to every um sink point that I could possibly go into oh, the yeah. area. Sink points are always first. Open up the whole map and then go to every location that has like, you know, uh chests or anything on the map, every item on the map and yeah, there were some that do the, well, you're not far enough in the story or you haven't gotten this ability, whatever, Lame. to do it. And that's what Horizon Forbidden West does, too. Um, but I did everything you possibly could. And it's like, okay, I got no more side missions. I got no more icon, no more collectibles. All right, I'll progress the story. One, one uh, story beat. And if there's still nothing open up, then the next story beat. And yeah. I, uh, I go one by one, one mission at a time. <laughs> but that's why I have issues with collectibles and games currently, because there's, in my opinion, too many. Because they do the, like, uh, on uh, Horizon, Forbidden West, they do like, oh, here's a collectible you can get to, but you don't have the right, you don't have the right ability to get it. So... You're going to have to wait. And now well, I'm like, open the map and go, I, there's an icon there and I want to get it because I want to complete it in sections as I go across the land, but I can't do it because I don't have the power yet. I think that's part of some of some games, uh, search accent, search action sensibilities, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like Metroid likes, uh, where you just are repeating areas until you're able to get to the upgrade or the power that you need yeah. to be able to access the next location. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind it as long as it makes sense. Um, well, see, like, in, like, um, well, what was it? Assassin's Creed? Was it? I can't remember which one it was. It was the one where it was, like, you could go to, you had to, like, go to, like, the, um, the bases or the forts and you truly had a choice on whether or not you could, you wanted to stealth everyone or uh, run in and kill anyone. I mean, that sounds it, like origins. It might've been origins. Cause it was, it was, I mean, literally that's what I would do. Even if they were more powerful than me. Oh yeah. No o- origins. My, my loop was go in with the poison darts, go in with like the psycho darts or whatever they were called. Mm-hmm. And, have the guards do their things to kill each other. And then I'll go and sneak behind them and kill them. <laughs> yeah. See that. And that's how I played a lot, uh, played the, a lot of the open world, um, Assassin's Creed games. Like I would do everything I could and then go to those, those, um, forts and just stealth kill everyone in the fort, beat the fort. Yeah. Even though I'm woefully underpowered, I still had the ability to do it. And then right. they took that away. Now it's like, oh, you you can't one one hit kill anyone or one hit stealth anyone. You yeah, have to be Valhalla, at this level first. Valhalla really screwed with the stealth. Even though it brought some of it back, it also screwed with the other bit of it. Yeah, which, I'm sorry. If you're an assassin and you're a, walking behind someone a blade to and the they throat don't, is an instant kill. I am it, sorry. <laughs> right. A blade to the throat is an instant kill. Period. It just is. I don't I don't care how big of a person you are. Right. It's not going it, to take three stabs to the heart to kill this guy. Right. I mean, a four inch blade through your neck. You have to you have to have like a, a 12 inch neck for that to not do any instant damage. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
you're dead. <laughs> right. So that's what, you know, that's what I don't like about, uh, didn't like about those. It's that level gating. And I don't like it when you, you tell me it's open world and do whatever you want. But, you know, it's, you, you can't do this because you don't have, the, you're not a high enough level. Like yeah. with The Witcher, it literally was go wherever you want to go, attack whatever you want to attack. You just may not be able to beat the enemies there because they're level 30 and you're level two. That makes sense to me. <laughs> it's not that I can't, it's not that you're telling me they're level 30, so therefore you, you can't kill them because you don't have the, um, this attack or this sword or whatever. You're just saying they physically have more HP than you and they do more damage than, yeah. than you can do. So you just, you know, if you can dodge enough and take them, which I did a lot, actually, I dodge and make do a little sliver and just do a bunch of dodging and sliver cuts. And eventually I would, I could beat these higher level stuff. Yeah. Die death from a thousand cuts. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's just that, like, I don't like being, I don't like being told how to play an open game. You tell me it's open world, and then you tell me, oh, you, you can't do it. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. open, do whatever you want, but not this. At least not yet. Like, I don't, I don't like that. If you're going to tell me you can't, I can't do something, then make it a on rails you know, this is this is the story that I want you to want to tell you, you know, and this is how I want you to play this game. Yep. Don't, so don't give me that choice. So the other thing that um, I, I dislike when it comes to like that stuff, like, you know, you have the right ability and everything is when they tell you, OK, you don't have the ability to use this. OK, what's the ability? You have to find to out. Figure it out. Yeah, I hate that. Well, how am Ugh. I supposed to know? So I got to go and collect all these different abilities, come back and try each one of them before I can figure out which one is the one that works. Right. That really pisses me off. Uh, so another tangent, and this is only because Horizon Forbidden West does this, and it's probably my one major gripe about it. If you give me skill trees and you give me experience points, do not, under any circumstance, Make it so I cannot get all of them. Oh, that frustrates me to no end. I want to it be is, able to max it out. Right. It is not fun for me to pick and choose because that's annoying. It is super stupid because I'm not going to respect my character. Yeah. Well, and I'm not going to play it again. <laughs> and for like something like what you were saying with the collectibles, sometimes that stuff is tied to collectibles. Right. So like you won't be able to get all of it. If you don't collect all the collectibles to add to your XP or whatnot. Right. Like, I mean, I'm not opposed. Uh, I would rather it be like, you know, you get your your um, uh, experience and it's as close to like, you know, the exact amount. I don't expect it to be the exact amount, but I also don't expect it to be like, OK, you just keep getting experience. Now I've got 10,000 experience more than I can't use it for anything. Yeah, that seems kind of like a waste, but uh -huh. it doesn't have to be like to the to the T exact um, uh, for like, you know, the, uh, unlocking things. But I just I just hate it when it's like, ooh, we're going to make it difficult because it's going to be you can't do everything. You can only have certain things. So pick pick and choose wisely. Like, screw you. No, I want to be a superhero. <laughs> yeah. I come to these games to be overpowered. 
And we've talked about that before. (laughs) Yes, we have. (laughs) So at the end of the day, what we're saying is collectibles. Yes. Maybe not so many. More of the fun ones. More of the fun ones. Right. And let us be superpowered. Yeah. Yes. Uh, (laughs) So everyone, thank you for joining us today. Uh, If you haven't followed us um, or if you haven't yet, Follow us and subscribe to the .exe podcast. Did you guys enjoy today's discussion or just, you know, listening to us talk? Let us know. Send your comments, questions, topics, and corrections to .exe at savingcontent.com. Or you can leave a comment at Saving Content on Twitter and Facebook. We are also, or Saving Content is also on YouTube. Uh, so subscribe for preview, video previews, reviews, trailers, and original content. Like this here.exe podcast. We are there. Are uh, you looking for more gaming discussions? Check out the Quick Save podcast with Evan and Scott. They'll get back into it. I know they will. Uh, let's see here. We also got, remember to visit savingcontent.com for latest news and reviews. Ed, do we have anything specific going up? No, it's a pretty light week this week. Everybody's just kind of working on their own things. So uh, expect some stuff in the pipeline uh shortly but nothing this past week okay well i do know that uh i have something not me specifically uh but uh, someone is is doing something that will be going up uh hopefully soon um i'm excited to actually talk about it maybe we can we can get the person on uh would be nice. when it goes up uh because they're excited about it uh seem to be very excited about it too so that'd be fun yeah uh but before we go, we ask one tiny little favor. A simple five-star review. Mwah. Magnifique. Magnifique. Uh, magnifique. You could do that right in your podcast app. And finally, don't forget to tell your friends about us here at .exe. It'll help us grow, and we would really appreciate it. Thank you for listening, and remember, the most wasted of days is one without laughter. Good night.